Hi, Elwood City Limits listeners. It's Will here. Wanted to do a quick introduction to let you know what you're going to be listening to this week. So this is my vacation week. I am technically not in Halifax at all. So it is going to be a little bit of a Patreon unlock. So a couple months ago in June, Lucas and I had the opportunity to speak with a local YouTuber who is a favorite of both of ours, Lucas especially. And we got the interview together to talk to the Betamax King. Now, this was available on Patreon at the beginning of June and has been for the past couple of months and we are going to be releasing it to you now. We would love to hear your feedback on what you think of this interview. The Betamax King himself has been very curious to see what people think of his channel and if they have any recommendations for anything that he should seek out. So feel free to either contact us or the Betamax King directly after you listen to this interview. But the fun does not stop there, because next week we have another Patreon unlock coming for you. This one was available at the beginning of August, and now I know it's one that a lot of people have been awaiting. It's the first edition of A Word From Us Kids with Catherine Dorr and Holly Holland. Yes, that Holly Holland. That's going to be coming to the free feed next week because Lucas and I are going to be, well, it's kind of an extended vacation and also we're not going to be available. For Elwood City Limits patrons, unfortunately, we won't be able to get to the new episode of For the Kids until Friday, September 9th, but we will have a special YouTube exclusive for patrons next week as we, it's, I'll, I'll tell you this, it is over six hours long and I may have already mentioned it to you at this point. Apologies for the lack of new Patreon content for next week, but we will have it very, very soon. And we will be returning to Elwood City Limits content on September 16th with the next episode in Arthur Season 15. Finally, thank you to everybody who has been voting for us as Best Podcast in the Best of Halifax Awards. If you haven't done so yet, please go to vote.thecoast.ca. If you don't know what this is, this is one of our local independent publications that Lucas and I are a big fan of. Every year they do their Best of Halifax, and in the past few years they have been looking for the Best Podcast. So we are nominated once again. Thanks to you who nominated us, and now we need you to vote. There is a little bit of registration involved, but if you go to vote.thecoast.ca, we are in the music and culture section, and that's where you can find Best Podcast. Please vote for Elwood City Limits. If you have done that already, or if you do go on to do that, please let us know, and we will thank you personally. You'll be able to vote until later in September, so you still have a bit of time, but please don't leave it to the last minute. We would really appreciate if you vote for us. This is just a cool thing for us to be able to say that we did once and yeah if you want to do us a solid vote.thecoast.ca all right i won't tee this up anymore because lucas does a great job of doing that himself so we will catch up with you very very soon we've got a word from us kids coming next week and more patreon content in the coming weeks and elwood city limits proper returns in mid-september Thanks, everybody. Have a great start to your school year if you're going back to school, and we will talk with you very, very soon. Okay, Will, this is a special edition of Elwood City Limits, 
Elwood City Limits pre- presents. We are in the company of royalty. Yes. Uh, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, we are going to be hearing from the one, the only, the Betamax King. Hello. Thank you for joining us this evening. Oh, happy to join you. <laughs> so I, I guess for all the folks at home, for the, the poor folks uninitiated, uh, who is the Betamax King? What is Betamax King? Well, what is Betamax King? Million dollar question, I suppose. Um, I guess I'd call it more of a preservation and uh, archive initiative for uh, 1980s and 1990s um, uh, broadcast TV and video content. Uh, specific focus is on uh, Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada. Uh, programming, ads, news, specials, things like that that aired in the area, whether that content be from local local stations or from, um, uh, you know, American stations, other stations that happen to air in the area. The, you know, other stations that made up the broad landscape of, of maritime TV. The effort is to uh, try to save uh, as much as possible from in between different, uh, you know, your TV shows, your movies, whatever was out there. The other stuff that gets left behind that doesn't make it to Netflix or streaming platforms or or home video or whatever. Another feature of it that most people probably don't know is that uh, I also look for uh, local uh, music. Anything that uh, happened to fall off the radar over the years, uh, like there's some spice in there, there's some uh, steps around the house, runaway, uh, local acts. As you know, or Atlantic Canada has a unique musical landscape. Uh, it's a really... Uh, it's sort of an intrinsic piece of who we are as a people. It's kind of really that sort of thick beef and barley soup, sort of a <laughs> blend of Scottish Scottish and Irish. And, uh, you know, you kind of get that fish town ki- uh, uh, kitchen fiddle sound and even get some indigenous and French in there. And, uh, you know, we've produced some incredible rock, uh, blues, jazz, you know, uh, in the basements of Halifax. The problem is uh, a lot of it echoed out and died there. There's this uh, severely disquieting aspect with it that if an artist misses a particular level of recognition or success, uh, they sort of all but disappear in, in Nova Scotia and, and much of Atlantic Canada. So I like to uh, give a voice to that lost uh, Atlantic sound when, whenever I come across it at thrift stores or, or wherever. Um, so I'll, I'll look for records and tapes and, and things like that for bands and, and, uh, and even, you know, small garage recorded stuff, if I can find it, that uh, sort of got left behind. So that's sort of the, the unmentioned second turn of the, of the channel as well. So I think one of the things that we definitely wanted to touch on with this was, uh, and you brought it up yourself, it's media preservation. So we both ran across uh, your channel at various different times. And we're both very taken with it, obviously, being local content. But mm-hmm. we're also, you know, by the sense of we have this podcast about Arthur, which started in the 90s. And right. one of the things that really spurred it was your pair of videos about, you know, you ha- you uploaded the the commercial for the Arthur VHSs and the classic uh, Juicy Juice promo that would always play before it. So I, I'd like to think that was <laughs> one of the catalysts for Lucas getting the idea to reach out to you and talk to you about it. Because we also have... I, I think very strong feelings about media preservation. You went into it a little bit with uh, talking about the music aspect of Betamax King, but I would really like to uh, to ju- to just pointedly ask, what is it about 
taking these older videos and uploading them to your YouTube channel that is so important to you that you wanted to make it your part of your online identity to create the YouTube channel and to continue doing this? Media preservation just kind of ended up being the avenue that I fell into uh, with regards to, I've always kind of had a mind of preservation. Um, uh, that even back as a kid, I always admired uh, old things, the old things that, uh, you know, whether it was photos or glassware or whatever, stuff like people like my grandmother had and, and things like that. And I came to realize at a young age that the difference between, you know, that stuff being there for me to see and just being lost in time uh, was a very human difference. I, you know, I kind of thought of stuff that's important to me and, and uh, media played a, a fundamental part of my of my, you know, like growing up and, and things like that. And, and, uh, have a nostalgic connection to a lot of it. And, uh, so I just, I, you know, started doing what I know and, and that's working with, uh, with old tech and, and, uh, bringing it to the world. I didn't really plan on any kind of a response. I was just enjoying doing it as a hobby and it kind of broadened off from there. And here we are. And you actually bring up a great point. Something I've been curious about your process. Uh, there's a really great YouTube video that I recommend folks, if they haven't seen, on you, check out. Uh, kind of the story behind the Betamax King. And, and one of the fascinating parts of that video for me uh, is getting a look at your setup. Because uh, I've always kind of wondered, <laughs> okay, what is the A to B to C of getting these videos from the, the titular Betamax tapes uh, and then yeah. getting them uploaded onto the YouTube channel? So if you could tell me a little bit about w what's involved in terms of the technology and, and what is the work to get this stuff uploaded on the internet? Uh, wow. Um, yeah, I put in a tape and push play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little more in the middle there, but yeah. No, um it, honestly, it's uh, it, it's it usually involves you know I'll sit down I'll, I'll pick up a box of tapes someplace uh, wherever I mean I get them from you know people give them out uh, you know pick them up at thrift stores yard sales the garbage you know I'll fully admit I've, I've dumpster dove some of them <laughs> I can't really can't really pass up a, a you know a good opportunity no way. to, to yeah. grab some stuff but first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll sit down and I'll uh, I'll just start running a tape um, uh, you know I'll just uh, start playing it fast forward it till I see something that might be good um uh, usually I know pretty quick if it's going to have any value uh you, you'll hit a commercial break and it's like oh okay this is going to be good stuff you know? <laughs> um if it uh if it doesn't seem to have anything worthwhile uh one one problem I get uh, with a lot of the stuff is uh you get a lot of rental bootlegs uh, or pay-per-view events or something like that um, that just doesn't have anything of that I can use. Uh, it's all copyrighted or whatever. Right. Um, so uh, usually there what I'll do is, uh, I'll, you know, I'll run it for five, ten minutes. If I don't seem to find anything, I'll just burn straight through to the end of it and roll backwards from the end, hoping that maybe there was still something older on the tape that I can use. If there's nothing there, I'll just box it up and get rid of it at that point and just put it into the quote-unquote archive or stack of boxes in the corner of the room <laughs> like that that's the problem with that the, the 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 best people that did this or the best the best recordings i get are from people who wanted to get rid of the commercials and didn't want any of the right the stuff that i want uh so they took the time and they stopped the tapes and they used the commercial skip and, and things like that uh where they piggybacked two vcrs and and they they copied their friends rentals or uh, or you know stuff from blockbuster whatever 
Well, that's one of the interesting parts of this process is uh, you very much are kind of exploring sight unseen, right? You you get a stack you of are. blank tapes and you don't know what you're getting yep. into. Um, so you must have come across some some pretty crazy stuff. Like I assume people have home movies or stuff like that. What is what is some of the stranger clips you've come across on your your Betamax journeys? <laughs> Uh, well, I've got a, I've got a stack of about 12 tapes behind me that are, uh, home movies. Um, some of which I've gone out of my way to return. I've taken a few still shots, shared them on social media. Uh, you know, I, I did manage to return one or two of them. One that was, uh, was actually quite important to somebody that had been missing for almost 20 years. Wow. Um, and, uh, had their parents and everything. It was a wedding video. They were no longer married to their partner anymore and uh but their parents and everything were in the video and of course they were they had passed away so it was uh i just took it upon myself did a digital copy and mailed them a digital copy and the tape back and and stuff like that they were very happy to get that but some of the weirder stuff i guess uh you know i've got one that's just a guy driving a pickup truck down a dirt road and it's it's kind of got a creepy vibe to it and i have no <laughs> you know and i have no idea where it is uh, there's some weird music playing on the radio. I have no idea. Like it, it was just kind of one of these things you're watching. I'm like, he's, you know, I'm waiting for him to, to get out and, and him dragging a body across or something like it just, it had that weird vibe to it. Exactly. Home movies are a weird thing. You, you never know what you're going to, uh, you know, pull out of a, out of a tape, especially when there's no label on it. And, uh, yeah, I found everything. I, I can say that everything <laughs> without going into too much detail, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's uh, there's there's some interesting stuff out there. I think that that sort of aesthetic is really coming back nowadays, at least in terms of, I think people who would have grown up around the same time as us is now people are rediscovering, you know, from, you know, films that use the VHS aesthetic or the Betamax look to things to like YouTube yep. channels like yours and, and others that are, you know, digging up these never before seen movies or like instructional videos that are completely lost to time. And it mm -hmm. seems to be having a resurgence, which you mentioned about having, you know, quite a response in doing something that was initially your hobby, not just from people who were literally in the videos that you were doing, but also from uh, on your YouTube channel. And I was just curious about what that response has looked like in terms of, you know, not not just in terms of viewer views or subscriber numbers or anything like that, but like any any type of like responses that people have had to some of the stuff that you've uploaded yeah i've, I've got uh i've got a, a good handful of uh of emails and personal contacts from people who uh usually it's you know my grandfather built that car or my you know that's me as a little guy or something like that like there, there's a personal connection to some of it um and when i set out to do this i i didn't expect anything like that mm. um i was just playing around and said, well, I'm going to copy this stuff. YouTube came around, so I started firing some of it up. Yeah, it just started to get uh, get really personal feedback that it became that sort of a dedication. I was like, oh, okay, you know, people, this actually means something to people. This is more than just something to do on a Friday night, whether drinking beer or hanging out or whatever. <laughs> They're actually, you know, people are discovering pieces of their own past through some of this stuff or you know, getting that nostalgic kind of vibe off of it. And, and uh, I, I like giving that to people. I think that's great. It's, you know, life's life's not an easy thing sometimes. And, and if it, something like an old ad can, can give somebody a, a good night, well, why not? One of the things that I uh, discovered from that excellent short documentary 
is that I was always under the impression that these advertising agencies or these production companies or just these companies, period, that were putting this stuff together kept tape libraries of all of this stuff and and it would all just kind of remain in storage somewhere and something that you speak to briefly is that they were just kind of taping over the same tapes or or they would very quickly dispose of it and you kind of see that um sometimes your archive is the only remaining archive of a lot of this stuff online one example i highlighted is that if you go to the mary brown's official youtube account uh, and then for our listeners at home, Mary Brown's very famous uh, fried chicken restaurant chain here in Atlanta, Canada, um, they've uploaded some of their classic ads, but they all have the Betamax King watermark in the corner of the screen. And it's like, that's the, that's the Betamax King video. Uh, so what do you yeah. think of, of kind of your archive being the last remaining archive to the point that even like the original copyright owners are, are using your footage? At the end of it all, that's why I'm here. I, I want to. I want to save this stuff. And I have heard uh, that a lot of companies did reuse tape. Uh, tape wasn't cheap. And if you know, I made a commercial to sell that pair of shoes, and that pair of shoes doesn't matter anymore, and it's all sold, and there's a new version out there. Well, why am I keeping the tape? And I think that was a lot of the mentality that kind of went went towards producing some of this stuff. Is like, well, where can we save money? Well, we can use the tape more than once. And nobody really thought that, you know, 20, 30 years later that it was going to be valid stuff to still have around. Yeah, I've had, uh, I've had a handful of companies reach out, uh, American companies, a uh, couple of Canadian ones reach out just looking for, you know, I see you posted this. Could I get a copy of it from you? <laughs> and the usual, the answer is, you know, we have a marketing department, uh, but we don't have any of this stuff. None of it exists anymore. It was... You know, even if like, you know, if we had tapes, they were thrown away. We moved buildings, we moved warehouses, we emptied warehouses, we got rid of files. The tapes ended up gone with it. And that's kind of cool because that's, that was the primary goal. I, I always figured, well, maybe, maybe uh, somebody, you know, people out there didn't save it. And so I have the opportunity to, to make sure it does live on in some way or another. Now, that's amazing to hear that, you know, these folks are reaching out to you to get back basically their own media. Um, but yeah. have you ever had a negative response? Like, has anyone sent you a cease or desist or say, this doesn't belong to you? Why are you uploading it to YouTube? Uh, no, never, never anything wow. of an official type. I've had I've had people come at me and say, well, you put your watermark on and, and stuff like that. And and I, I don't do that to claim it. I do that so that if it ends up anywhere else, there's that little piece of me goes with it. Mm. And like I said, there's that one clip uh, for Star Trek The Next Generation is on the toys that made us. And somebody brought that to my attention. So I went and watched the episode on Netflix. And sure enough, there's a logo in the corner of the screen. Sweet. Um, in CTV News, I don't even remember what the, the clip was that they were using. But um, I, I was, somebody told me about it. And, and I went back and, and they had the channel up on a monitor in the middle of the, the broadcast. And they were talking about the specific clip, but there's my logo, there's my channel on broadcast TV, you know, inadvertently saying here, you know, there's this guy out there doing this and, and here's, you know, you can see his name and you can go find the stuff. So that type of thing, it's, it's, um, it's fun. It's, it's like, wow, it's, it's having that reach. Like I said numerous times in the other video, it's just, it's really, uh, uh it's humbling. It's, it, mm. it's mind blowing sometimes that 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 has that kind of a reach and, and just means that much out there, you know, to, to other people and other and businesses too. 
one thing that um, we we mentioned earlier about how this the type of let's let's say um, aesthetic or even art that is present mm-hmm. in the videos that you upload because it's of it's of a very specific uh, time time period of years it's kind of coming back into style I'm wondering because you see so much of it. Uh, on a regular basis because you're uploading and and uh, t- and taking all these from Betamax or VHS tapes do you find that there is like a like a marked difference i mean ob- obviously like tv from 20 30 years ago is going to be quite different from tv of today but is there anything that you find that really sticks out to you about the advertising or the 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 way that commercials or content was shot around that time versus now there's there's sort of a there's a stylized aesthetic to stuff that was shot in the 80s and 90s that just it you don't see it now it's got a warmth to it it's got a there's a lot of stuff that was there was a family values to it there was a togetherness to it um it felt less like a commercial for example you know felt less about the product and more about the personal connection to the consumer um and it seemed to speak that way uh, in in a lot of the a lot of the the dialogue and a lot of the imagery was around that it wasn't just bam product 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 it was you know it was people using this with their children or whatever it had that kind of a vibe to it um the pace was slower um the care was greater uh you know even when you look at uh look at uh, even uh, tv shows uh cartoons or something for example you know children's shows uh, they're a good example because they're kind of basic, right? And, and uh, you know, you consider shows like uh, one of my favorites, which was The, the Raccoons. Um, oh, yes. Still is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, seeing an episode even today, um, I can't help but feel like uh, like Kevin Gillis and, and everybody really loved the creation. And, uh, you know, it feels like someone was trying to give you a private viewing of their own cherished artwork with a lot of the production that were that was done uh, it didn't feel like it was just being pushed out the door for ratings, and, and that's kind of the vibe you get now. But I don't feel that today, uh, you know, when I see stuff on TV now, that, that it's like that. And, and maybe maybe it was an illusion at the time. You know, I had a younger mind at the time, uh, things like that. Um, like, you guys are familiar with, with late 90s stuff, like Arthur, for example. And, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'll level to say the same, you know, uh, was true with Arthur as it was with the raccoons or, or Franklin or Little Bear, or some of that Richard Scarry stuff, or, and then you, you go, you know, into the, even into the 80s thing with things like Fraggle Rock, and, and you know, Dark Crystal, and, and that, and Henson poured everything into that stuff, and it, and it just, it was, it really showed, you know what I mean? Some of the cartoons, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, weird idea, worked really well, because it was pitched properly, you know? Uh, the real Ghostbusters, absolutely loved it, you know? Uh, and talk about atmosphere, like the hand-painted, uh, backdrops and stuff in that that gave kind of that dark atmosphere. Um, you know, the 80s was the best time for Disney stuff. Uh, you go with, you know, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah. Um, gummy Bears. You know, there's just a warmth and, and a comfort uh, without the that money, money, money undercurrent that mm-hmm. seemed to exist at that time. Uh, even simple stuff like He-Man and Thundercats and, and stuff like that. There was just very basic animation, but there was a certain way about them that you just don't you don't really see it now and that's not to say there wasn't stuff out there that was just a drive to to make money uh you know you had to uh, pound puppies comes to mind it was you know <laughs> just push a toy line push a toy line right same with my little pony you know how many girls walking around out there little girls with you know brushing the hair on this plastic pony right like production it's like any kind of an artwork is so, you know 
cooking, painting, building a car, whatever, uh, you can feel when, when somebody cares and, uh, everything they do bleeds heart and soul at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And, and that really shows and that matters. And I know you guys can see that with Arthur too. And, and, you know, these two decades were filled with, with just really quality, really quality productions and, and things like that. So it's, and the same extends into live action stuff, you know, like X-Files. Did anybody not watch X-Files? <laughs> you know, there was just, it just, it was captivating. Unsolved Mysteries. It opens yes. with that music and you're just hooked. Yeah. Right? Big time. Um, and, and Canada was no different. You know, we were turning out really good stuff in that time too. And yeah. The Outer Limits. Yeah. <laughs> to, na to name. You know, and I had, uh, you know, like Beachcombers. Beachcombers is awesome. You know, like it's just really good stories that grab you. Um, Neon Rider, another really good show that we poured out of this country and, and things like that. So there, there, there was just a different, a different feel to it. And it just felt like people really cared about what they were doing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, but as, as we get, as we get around to kind of wrapping up our time here a little bit, I wanted mm -hmm. to make sure to ask you on a bit of a, on a bit of a personal basis, we talked about like the crazier clips that you found, the more out there ones. Do you have yep. a clip that you think is your favorite, or do you have like a couple of clips that really stick in your mind uh, after uploading them? I've been asked that before, and I I hate never having a good answer for that, and I really don't. I mean, um, even even I, just I've even just to... one that like it doesn't even have to be your absolute favorite. Even maybe one that you've uploaded recently that really sticks in your mind for one reason or another. Uh, I guess uh, one that really stood out with me uh, was the, uh, you know, the 1986 uh, Edmond post office shooting, um, mm. you know, the, the, where, the, where the, the, the coin term was, you know, going postal. That's where mm. it came from. And, and just to, to come, you know, to be spinning through a tape and you come across as like, holy geez, you know, this is, a, you know, this was a big event and, and I've got a fresh broadcast of it. You know, there's things like that that, that really do uh, take you for a moment. You're just like, okay, I've, I've got a copy of, of a major event like that or... You know, and I've always been a sucker for, you know, for something a little lighthearted. Like, I've always loved really good commercial jingles. <laughs> so I, I, I can, I really, I can, you know, I really, I can feel, and they always stick with you. You know what I mean? Like, the product could be gone for 20 years, and you still remember the song still comes into your head. You know, like uh, Juicy Fruit or, uh, you know, the Trem Clag commercial or, or even some local ones like TK's Carpets or Casino Taxi. Like, they just, oh, they, they come back to you all the time, right? So yeah. something with a good jingle, I always, always kind of leans itself into the favorites category well thank you so much for talking to us today you know a lot of what you said i think is reiterating a lot of things me and will have expressed over the years just talking about our arthur but also sharing with our listeners um kind of our experience of watching tv in nova scotia mm -hmm. and and the television landscape of nova scotia in the 90s and, and sort of some of the stuff we've lost along the way um, yeah. and, and so it's you who's out there kind of making sure that that stuff lives on and, and finds new life. Um, so exactly. for folks at home who are interested, one, in seeing your content and maybe contributing to the, to the Betamax King effort, uh, how can they find you? How can they help? Uh, YouTube always, uh, that's kind of home base. Um, I'll always answer comments and questions there. Uh, it's youtube.com, uh, forward slash Betamax King Classics is all one word at the end of it. Uh, I can also be reached by email at uh, thebetamaxking at gmail.com. Uh, you can email anytime. I'll answer anything I can. I also have a running GoFundMe set up that uh, was more of a recent development. Um, 
you can just Google Betamax King GoFundMe or you can go to uh, GoFundMe.com uh, forward slash Betamax King. Uh, anything raised there, by the way, goes 100% back into this project. That's to fix equipment, get equipment, uh, pick up tapes, anything to do with this project alone. Um, I said anything helps if you've got uh, tapes or, or even equipment and you want to you contribute it to the cause, you can uh, just reach out by email and we can go from there. Um, and that's, uh, that's basically it. I am on other forms of social media, but, uh, that's, I don't really do a whole lot on them. This is kind of where it's at. Perfect. Well, thanks again for c- talking to us. Hail to the King, as we say, long may he <laughs> reign. Uh, and yeah, have a lovely rest of your week. Have a lovely rest of your evening. Thank you very much. Awesome guys. Thank you very much for having me on.